to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. I'm sure you are well aware of CBD for dogs. I give Tiva and Waylon daily CBD just to promote their overall health. And we use VetCS. VetCS is a veterinary-based hemp therapy company, and they make products for not only dogs, but they also make cat and horse products too. Their products are lab analyzed, and they will give you unmatched customer service. We love Vet- VetCS, and we are so excited to share this wonderful product with our listeners. If you are interested in learning more about VetCS, you can head over to their website, vetcs.com, and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. Welcome. I am so happy that you are here. Um, My intention with starting this podcast was to make dog training information easy to understand and easy to access. I recognize that there is a plethora of sometimes conflicting information about dog training on the internet, and I want to be a trusted source for you guys. Um, Just keep in mind that dog training is a completely unregulated industry, meaning anyone who thinks that they are the dog whisperer, quote unquote, um, can take your money and do whatever they want with your dog. So um, if you didn't listen to the episode, How to Choose a Dog Trainer, that's a super good place to start. It gives a lot more information about um, looking for credentials and making sure that you are in the hands of a trusted professional who is using up-to-date evidence-based training techniques. So today I want to talk about dog training musts. Um, Must as in you must be looking and evaluating all of this stuff when you are training your dog. Whether you work with a trainer or you don't work with a trainer, all of these principles will apply. Um, If you have worked with me, you have heard me harp on all of these, but I want to just kind of give you a rundown of all of the things that you need to know about dog training and the things you need to be looking at and evaluating to be successful. Because ultimately the goal is that dog training should be fun for you you and your dog. And I think that the better informed and the better prepared you can be, the best chance of success you have. Okay, so let's start with um, my first dog training must. Um, So you must choose an appropriate training location. This means that you need to look for a location in which your dog has a relatively easy time paying attention to you. This is imperative because if your dog is distracted, overwhelmed, over threshold, they're not going to be learning anything new. So it's important that you set the scenario up so that your dog's brain has the best chance of retaining information. So if you're teaching your dog something brand new, a very low distraction environment is a must. So maybe inside your house, maybe in a closed off room. Um, If your dog already kind of has a skill set and they have a relatively easy time paying attention to you, you could probably try in the back backyard at a quiet park. So it's up to you to choose training locations in which your dog can be successful. Okay. 
Um, and something that, you know, maybe arguably is one of the more important things would be choosing a food reinforcement. Um, you would think that this would be a no brainer, like just use food, but the type of food, the value of food really matters to your individual dog. So when you're choosing a food reinforcement, it's super important that you are looking at your individual dog and what their preferences are. Okay, so as a general rule, dry biscuits are not going to cut it. They're fucking bland. They're super boring. Okay, so when you are choosing a food reinforcement, you want to be choosing a food reinforcement that is soft, stinky at best. And you want to have that food reinforcement already prepared into like dime sized treats so that they're easy to dispense and they're easy for you to access and they're easy for your dog to eat. Do keep in mind that there's definitely like a value scale of food reinforcements. Okay, so like for Tiva and Waylon, um, a really high value food reinforcement would be um, the lickable pouches that I make. If you guys um, didn't see the lickable pouches, I posted them over on Instagram. I also wrote a blog about how to make your own pouches. So I'll definitely include a link to that in the show notes so that you can check it out. So that's like a high value treat for my dogs. Like a medium value treat would probably be like um, cheese or hot dogs cut into pieces. A lower value treat would probably be something along the lines of like a Zooks treat, like those round treats, right? Like some sort of training treat. So that's that's pretty specific to my dogs. So you need to know your dog so that you can be choosing an appropriate food reinforcement. Um, A marker word. If you are new to dog training, um, if you have a dog and you want to do dog training, the marker word is super important. Um, What the marker word does is it conveys the exact moment that your dog has done the behavior that you want. Okay, so the marker word is extremely important. Um, You can use whatever marker word you want. I use a verbal marker word, yes. You could use a clicker if you wanted. Um, It's really up to you, but you need to be able to consistently use this marker word. Um, Your marker word timing absolutely matters, okay? Because um, if you mark too late or you mark too early, you're actually, actually teaching a much different behavior than you think, okay? And ultimately, it's up to you as the teacher to make your dog's job as easy as possible. So using that marker word effectively is super duper important. Um, A release word. A release word means several things. Um, A release word means one, uh, a training session is over. Um, A release word can mean access to food. A release word can mean access to um, the environment, to another dog, to sniffs. Um, The release word is really important to clarify when you no longer need your dog's attention. Okay, so... um, I think it depends on your dog. I have several different release words that mean different things. So my general release word is okay, meaning I don't need your attention. You can do whatever you want. I also use okay to release my dogs from stays. I release them to food with a verbal word okay. Um, I use the release word uh, go when I want them to really like genuinely go ahead of me. So I use that in the context of agility. I use that in the context of um, hikes when they're standing in the middle of the trail. I'm like, go get the hell out of the way. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of intricacies you can train in release words, but I think in general, using at least one release word is really important so that your dog understands when and when there isn't access to reinforcement.
okay? So something else that is really important is distraction levels. Distraction levels meaning stimulus that's getting your dog's attention and they're having a hard time ignoring whatever that stimulus is. It is completely normal for a dog to get distracted in the world. I get distracted very easily and so do our dogs. So um, this is really specific to your individual dog. So I'll give you some examples. So for Waylon, um, a low distraction environment would be a park with no one else in it. Um, it's not really that exciting. He can sniff and explore, but it's relatively low distraction for him. A high distraction environment would be on a hike where there are deer or elk or some sort of other wildlife. That would be a really high distraction environment for him. And then, you know, there's everything in between. Another really high distraction environment for Waylon would be anywhere where there is water that he wants to jump into. So, I have to be really cognizant of those things for him so that when I'm doing training sessions, I'm asking for behaviors. I'm not fighting an uphill battle, okay? Fighting uphill battles fucking sucks. <laughs> I've been there. I'm sure you have been there. None of us are immune to being frustrated with our dogs, but if you look at distraction levels and you plan accordingly, it makes everyone's life a lot easier, Okay, so distraction levels really, really matter. And you need to know your individual dog. Our skateboard is going to be distracting for your dog. Our bicycle is going to be distracting for your dog. And you need to know how distracted they may get. Okay, so uh, for example, horses can be distracting for Waylon, but he can also snap out of it pretty quickly. Deer are so distracting that he is not snapping out of it quickly. He's staying pretty hyper-focused on the deer to a point where he's not always responsive to cues. Okay, so just kind of give you an example of like distraction levels there. So distractions are not bad. They just are what they are. And you just need to be aware of what does and does not distract your dog so that when you're asking behaviors, um, asking your dog for behaviors, you're taking into account the distraction level. Okay, so if I am on a hike, and Waylon sees a deer and he has left his body, so to speak, because he is just like so amped up. I'm not going to ask anything from Waylon because he's not he's not there. He's not going to be able to respond. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create space from the deer. And then once he's come back down to earth, then I'll probably ask for his attention. Okay, so it's not about forcing your dogs to do things. It's not about making your dogs do things. It's about setting it up so that they can choose to interact with you relatively easy. Okay, so rate of reinforcement. Rate of reinforcement refers to how many reinforcements the dog is getting in an allotted time frame. Okay, so is a general rule when the distraction level goes up, the rate of reinforcement should also go up. That is because it is much harder for your dog to perform the behaviors you're asking for because of the distraction level. So we want to make it really, really reinforcing to participate in the training. On the flip side of that, if the distraction level is low, you can probably get away with delivering less reinforcement. So the rate of reinforcement can be much lower. So maybe you're giving a cookie every 30 to 60 seconds, okay? And this is all fluid, so it's ever-changing. So you need to be aware of this stuff so that your rate of reinforcement is where it needs to be so that your dog is learning how to perform behaviors based on distraction levels, okay? So something else that you need to consider 
when you're training your dog is whether you should push criteria, meaning you should raise criteria, expect more of your dog, whether you should keep criteria where it is, keep expecting what you're expecting because it's successful or lower criteria because your dog is not successful. This too is also very fluid, right? So if the distraction level is pretty low, I'm probably going to push criteria. If the distraction level is pretty high, I'm probably either going to stay or lower criteria. So this is all stuff you kind of just have to get a feel for. And, you know, you guys have heard me talk about this before, but dog training is very much a lifestyle and anything you practice, you get better at. So this is all stuff you need to be thinking. And I tell you what, it honestly is just second nature for me these days, right? Like when I'm out and I can tell that the distraction level is going up, I'm already ready to increase my rate of reinforcement and keep criteria where it is or lower it. Okay, so you just kind of need to get a feel for this stuff of like, am I asking too much of my dog? Do I need to lower criteria? And you know, if you ask your dog for a behavior and they don't perform it, there's a couple of things happening. One, you didn't do a good job training it. Two, the distraction level is too high. Three, they're overwhelmed. Maybe they're overstimulated. So if you ask your dog for a behavior and they don't perform it, I do not want you to quote unquote, make them do it. I want you to lower criteria, make it easier. Okay. So like, say you're out on your walk and you ask your dog to sit and they don't sit because they're kind of like feeling nervous about something around them. Ask for a nose touch. They provide the nose touch, mark and reward and keep walking. So try to let Um, when your dog isn't responding, just be information about they're probably having a hard time in the environment. So make it easier for them. Okay. So those are kind of some general guidelines in the, in the criteria department. So the last thing that I think is super duper important is recognizing what are called CERs, conditioned emotional responses. And those go both ways, really positive, really negative. So if your dog lunges and barks at other dogs on walks, they probably have a pretty negative conditioned emotional response to other dogs. So that is the underlying cause of the surface behavior of barking. And anytime they see people, they wag their tail. They probably have a pretty positive, positive conditioned emotional response to things. So especially um, newly rescued dogs come with baggage. I'm really, and really all dogs, but I'm always looking at the conditioned emotional response to shift them to positive so that the dog can just live a better, more fulfilled life. All right, guys, so those are kind of uh, some of the dog training musts. I mean, there's so many, but I think if I had to boil it down to, you know, a few, let's recap. So remember to choose a training environment in which your dog can focus on you relatively easy. Be sure to choose a food reinforcement that your dog actually likes and know the value scale. Be sure to use a marker word consistently to convey uh, the actual behavior your dog is doing that you want to see again. Be sure to use a release word so your dog knows when and when there isn't uh, access to reinforcement. Be aware of distraction levels and plan accordingly. Be sure to keep your rate of reinforcement where it needs to be based on the distraction levels. Be sure to look at whether you need to raise criteria, keep criteria where it is, or lower criteria when you ask for your behavior. And also be looking at your dog's conditioned emotional response to things.
All right, guys, I hope that this is helpful. If you like this podcast, leave me a review on iTunes, would you? I would be eternally grateful. And guys, did you know that I have a free ebook on enrichment? You can get it by heading over to my website, agfdogtraining.com. Guys, this was so much fun, and I am already looking forward to the next episode. Smooch those puppies for me and have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com. dog